0: Welcome to FinTech Fridays. Oh, yes, yeah. A weekly podcast brought to you by the National Crowdfunding and FinTech Association of Canada and partners, covering all things fintech, blockchain, P2P, AI, and alternative finance.
1: Hey, everybody, Mesip Connor, and you are tuning in to the NCFA's newest podcast series, FinTech Fridays. Today, I have an absolutely incredible guest with me. Uh, he's an incredibly busy man. Uh, you may have seen some of his stuff online because he's very, very big in the blockchain crypto space. Today, I have Juan Lee. Juan, thank you so much for making it today. Um, with all the delays and everything, you still
0: made it. I'm very, very thankful. Well, Massey, thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad to be here.
1: No, absolutely. So um, for our audience, for the, I'm pretty sure three or four people that have no idea who you are, could you just for a minute, give us a little bit of your background and a little bit more of who you are and what your company does?
0: Yes, yeah, sure. Ma. Well, my background originally stems from investing. I spent many years in the Silicon Valley, uh, venture capital and late stage investments, and then did um, money management in hedge funds, asset management. So my background is mostly in investments. The company that I started about four and a half years ago is called NextChange, and we are an ecosystem as a service. And people always ask me, what does that mean? Well, we are in the innovation space, and we do a number of things. We either market, invest, or create innovative products.
1: Awesome. If, so I guess going through some of your past successes, uh, you've, been, you've been a very early Yahoo and NetEscape guy. So could you, and being very much in the crypto and blockchain space, could you give us a little bit more insight of where you see the market going when it comes towards crypto?
0: Well, I think the first thing I would say is that it's very early stages of crypto. Um, it's really, if you look at the size of it, I mean, the price of um, F and the price of uh, Bitcoin has come down dramatically. So the size is about 200 billion. So when you compare that to, The size of capital markets, which is uh, based on our estimates, over 500 trillion. I mean, this is tiny. And where we've seen is a kind of the normal growth patterns that you see in any form of technology. We saw Bitcoin have come down precipitously in price. I think it was um, driven by a number of things. Uh, You know, ICO prices have come down dramatically. The use case of tokens have come into question and the you know just surely the idea of building community with entrepreneurs that have very little experience so a lot of things have in the short term come into question however this is a viable industry we're in the early stages and i have a i'm very excited about the bright future for cryptocurrency and the decentralization world of blockchain
1: sorry that was 500 trillion you said
0: that 500 trillion is the size of capital markets when you cl- include real estate, gold, bonds, you know, equity, that's a very large market. This is not cryptocurrency. This is our current capital markets and other assets. I
1: guess speaking of current assets and current capital markets, how do you see institutions being part of this said new wave, right? Is it a very much evolve and die situation or how do you see them play a role and if a factor in the new space?
0: A lot of people have been talking about the institutionalization of the ICO market, but I think even more fundamental than that is the institutionalization of the crypto fund industry. We've seen a, a, a rapid increase in the number of funds. I think it's now over 400. Uh, U.S. is still the largest. Institutions are getting involved, like traditional VCs, setting up their own crypto, uh, funds, some VCs are earmarking their assets for crypto projects. So what we're seeing is a, a lot more interest from institutions to get into the space. What's appealing for them is this is an uncorrelated asset, highly inefficient still. There's a lot of opportunity for alpha and a new investable asset class. So definitely, we see evolution, not a die situation.
1: So you are based out in China, so. Could you, I guess, talk about a little bit more of, we, see, we hear about in the news about the Chinese developments, Chinese regulations. I guess, what does that really mean for North America?
0: Sure. So um, I'm based in Hong Kong, but just a stone's throws away from China. Recently, um, I was planning a trip to China and that same very day it was an announcement that was made that all crypto events were banned. Now, you can imagine if this happened in North America, the execution of that would be even very difficult. But in China, uh, they were able to execute it very quickly. Now, what does this mean? I believe that the prices of cryptocurrency coming down, I believe that just the amount of fraud and scams have put a lot of alert to China in terms of putting a stop to a lot of this. But also, there's a, there's a dynamic to China that is very different than, let's say, North America, which is capital outflow. They want to control capital outflow. Cryptocurrency is something that they cannot control, so this is something that's very important for them. What does this mean for North America? I believe in the very near future, we'll start to see really more thought process and, and comments made about what can and cannot be done in the crypto space. And over the next, you know, one year or so, we'll start to see a lot more what I call firm regulations that, or at least uh, self-regulating bodies creating guidelines that are much more easier to follow for what is the best practices for cryptocurrency.
1: I, no, I totally agree with you. The execution of banning all crypto events in North America, that just pulling that off in and in, in itself would be, wow, that'd be very, very much impressive. Uh, being well, I mean in- that
0: happened literally almost overnight. So you can imagine the level yeah. of execution. The yeah, no, the the know. government literally sent out a notice to all the hotels and public places where you can have events, and it was done very quickly.
1: I assume the crypto events managers w- was not too happy
0: about that. Well, it's a bit you know it's a bit like prohibition, right? I mean, Absolutely. people are still doing it, uh, and they're doing it in other venues, and you know all of these activities that are being banned only provide you know, other creative ways yeah. of finding out how, me- how to meet. And, yeah. and Because you cannot stop the movement of crypto. You can just put roadblocks in place, and oftentimes that creates more of demand than actual squashing of it.
1: Right, so they're just adding fuel to the flame that is crypto, right? Like They're just, just going to find new different ventures and opportunities to grow and expand because this is a never it's like a snowball you can't really stop
0: it's definitely a snowball
1: do you see i guess china coming back probably in, in like in the future
0: well I, I think it's important to know that china is very pro pro blockchain and the technology they promote that it's just cryptocurrency they're trying to control and ico market right so this is very important delineation so if you see the activity and the development of blockchain and looking on GitHub, Shanghai and Beijing is in the top, you know, four or five in the world, right, in terms of the actual development. So that part is has never slowed down. In terms of their uh, evolution and what they're going to do with regulation, uh, it was a surprise to many that it got even more strict. And oftentimes, before anything changes, you, you'll see a lot more stricter regulation until they figure out what they want to do. At this point, I don't have a real opinion about what the next steps will be. I am a firm believer that you know, several years from now, we will be able to coexist in China with cr- cryptocurrency and blockchain.
1: What institutional or hedge fund interest is there? And if do you like kind of, kinda of roping back to what I asked before, right? And if there is any truly moving the needle, right? What is needed to ramp up interest or just are there any couple of examples that you can come up with? Like is there any current players that you're kind of keeping an eye on, or do you see any up and coming game changers in the space?
0: Well, institutions are getting involved, but for them to get more involved, you really need Uh, proper investment strategies that can scale. I already highlighted how small the space is in terms of overall size, proper risk management, and also the volatility is way too high. So there's not much liquidity. There's not the proper back office operation. But I I think the single most important reason why more institutions have not gotten involved in the crypto space and investing in crypto funds is due to the, the problems of custody, the security behind it, the institutionalization. Right now, it's an experiment that most of the crypto funds are conducting. And you know, large institutions cannot deploy assets into an asset class where they don't feel comfortable where the money is being held. In terms of the number of players that are coming into the market, I think that this is an industry Right for two, I guess, um, traditional uh, managers to come in. One is the hedge fund managers have already started to come in and they're some of the larger players that are in the market, uh, some of the former hedge fund managers. And we'll see VCs coming in 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 the form of either uh, setting up their own fund or carving out a piece from their own portfolio. Some of the more prominent names, I think uh, if you look at some of the largest crypto funds, you see Pantera. Dan Moorhead, the CEO, is a former Tiger management uh, hedge fund alumni. And, you know, we've seen other hedge fund managers like Michael Novogratz from Galaxy. So this is really a space that combines a couple skills. One skill is the ability to trade and understand the macro environment, what's happening in the crypto space. And the other one is finding early stage ideas where the venture capitals have an advantage. So if you have both of those backgrounds, I see a lot of those kind of managers coming into the space in the future.
1: What would be your golden nuggets for either up-and-coming crypto and blockchain companies? Something that something it could be something that you that you got when you when you started out in your early days of Silicon Valley and brought it over to Hong Kong. What was I guess what is your golden nugget that stood the test of time?
0: Well, I think most importantly, when we look at projects and we look at the uh, the execution and the actual outcome of what they become. The most important thing is not the product, is actually the timing of the product and also the management team. These are the things that are important. Uh, we all know that uh, the beginning of a product and where it eventually ends up will be vastly different. So a management team has to be able to be flexible and execute according to the changes that take place. I believe that you know, what we're seeing is a much higher level of management team coming in in the uh, ICO market and I also see that happening in the fund space as well. So it's very promising.
1: Yeah, I'm very excited to see the new uh, movers and shakers in the space and to kind of see where it's, what's going to happen in the next 18 to 24 months. Juan, thank you so much for sitting down with me today. I know you have a crazy hectic spe- schedule being one of the forerunners in the blockchain community. So thank you so much for sitting down with me today. Um, I had
0: an incredible time and I, I'm very excited to have you again. Thank you very much. And I'd love to come back again. You've been listening to FinTech Fridays, brought to you by NCFA and Partners. Tune in weekly for the latest FinTech Friday podcast by subscribing to this channel. The National Crowdfunding and FinTech Association of Canada is a nonprofit actively engaged with social and investment fintech sectors around the globe and provides education, research, industry stewardship, services, and networking opportunities to thousands of members and subscribers. For more information, please visit ncfacanada.org.